It is Tuesday, November 5th. 2019, we're so thankful you chose to listen. We just put out a documentary that includes College Game Day, WWE SmackDown, Jim Ursay, Vince McMahon, um, Dwight Freeney, uh, Ed Reed, Ed Reed, Waco, Waco, Texas, with WVU Baylor. It's fucking wild. Evan Foxy captured it all and edited his little heart out and put out a documentary on our YouTube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. I think it's worth it. Now time for the show. This show, just like every other show, is brought to you by the greatest ticket buying platform on planet Earth and the, the moon. moon. That's right. We're back in Indianapolis with all the boys. Everybody's here. Connor, Nick, Diggs, Todd. Ty, Zito, Evan, and Jason McAfee is twiddling his thumb somewhere. <laughs> Same with Billy McComas. But if any of us were going to go to a live event, concert, comedy, sports, we would buy our tickets where you should buy your tickets, and that's SeatGeek. SeatGeek scans all the other ticket-buying platforms to make sure you're getting the best value for the tickets that you're purchasing. And there's no catfishing, so you can shop with confidence. The tickets that you think you're buying are the tickets that you're going to get. Not like what happened to us at the World Series. Jeez. SeatGeek would never let that happen. SeatGeek only provides you with an incredible experience. And you're not just buying tickets. You're buying stories. You're buying memories. You're buying things that will last forever. You're alive, but are you living? Go live and experience something live with our friends at SeatGeek. And right now, use promo code PAT. You get $10 off your first order wow 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 use promo code mac if you get 20 dollars off your first order self-awareness so. <laughs> uh, if you're already rich use promo code pat and get ten dollars off if you're not rich yet use that promo code mcafee that gets the people going for twenty dollars off your first order um i was on friday night smackdown and the story behind it involves a billion two billionaires and uh, some <laughs> other shit pretty good <laughs> on friday night i commentated smackdown live on fox not fox sports one not Fox Sports Ocho, not Fox News, actual Fox, network television. Made no sense to me. Had no idea what was happening. I flew home from Waco, Texas on Thursday night football, the West Virginia Baylor game, which was a very good game, came down to the end. Ugly football game, but a good football game. Right. Fly home, got a chance to go down to Memphis the next day for college game day. So I was going to do the show from Indianapolis. I was going to nap for a couple hours, fly down to Memphis, go through the entire show for Saturday. I'm excited to be back. Let's have fun on Beale Street, hyping up college football all morning. At 1.42, while we were waiting for a pizza company to deliver to the office that we had been waiting for an hour and 45 minutes for, mm -hmm. the only reason why I was still at the office was for this food. I was starving. I get a text from... A one Triple H. You home? Question mark. And I had heard the news about what happened with their planes breaking down in Saudi Arabia and all of their talent, commentators, producers, everything basically being stuck in the Middle East due to a plane malfunction. The internet was a buzz about this. I get a you home text from Triple H. And I look at it and I go, oh, damn. I go, yes, I am home. I get a phone call from him immediately. He goes, hey, have you heard about what happened over in Saudi Arabia with their planes? I'm like, I absolutely have. He was like, I haven't pitched this to Vince McMahon yet, but 
if you were to come in and do some commentary and uh, kind of just let you do your thing, would you be up for it tonight in Buffalo? Would you be able to get to Buffalo? I said, absolutely. He said, okay, I'll get back to you. So I hang up. Now, I have no way of getting to Buffalo. I have a plane taking me to Memphis like five hours from now, but that plane was in Florida because I last minute scheduled it to get to Memphis because I didn't know I was going to be on game day. So I text said plane. I go, hey, is there any way you guys get me to Buffalo by 6 o'clock tonight? They go, no way. Plane's in Florida. So I call another plane company. I started calling around plane companies. I looked at commercial flights. Is there any flight that can get me from Indianapolis to Buffalo in time for this SmackDown Fox debut life Long dream event. No. So I went deep into the playbook. Page 140 of the playbook that nobody opens, nobody sees. Wiped the dust off. And I threw a Hail Mary to Pete Ward, who's the COO of the Indianapolis Colts. I go, Pete, I would never ask for anything. I get a phone call back from Pete. He goes, you never ask for anything, actually. What do you want? To what do I owe this communication, says Pete Ward. I said, well, here's the story. Told him the whole story about Saudi Arabia. Said, I have an opportunity to call SmackDown tonight. Mr. H said, if I get there. By the way, at this point, did not know if it was 100% sure or not. Right. Did not know if this was definitely going to happen. But I have to get the wheels in motion so I can get there if it does happen. I go, is there any way Jim Irsay would lend me a plane to get there and then get to Memphis? And Pete goes, oh, great question. I'll call you back. I'm like, you got it. So his immediate positive reaction was like, oh, maybe we got a shot here. (laughs) So then he calls me back. He goes, Jim says, pack your bags, brother. I'd assume. He said, you got a plane. Where do you need to go? I said, well, I need to get from here to Buffalo and then Buffalo to Memphis for college game day. He goes, pack your bags. What time are you taking off? I'm like, "Ah, still at this point, I don't know if I'm definitely in the show. (laughs) So I got Jim Irsay's plane literally on standby, but I have no idea if I'm actually in the show. So 15 minutes later, I get a text from Hunter. It says, let's go. And I'm like, my man. So I text Pete. I'm like, I need like 30, 45 minutes. Is that good? He's like, got it. They get a flight attendant for us, two pilots. We had Steaks on the plane, got on his G4. Me, Foxy, and Zito are sitting on his G4 with direct TV. Better direct TV on his plane than it was at my house. I was watching uh, the Niners Cardinals game, flying up to Buffalo. I land like an hour and 45 minutes before the show starts. Nobody there. Nobody. Everybody's stuck in transit. I see Mr. H. He's talking to uh, uh, Brock Lesnar. Mm hmm. So as soon as I turn in, Triple H stands up. He like cuts off his conversation with Brock. I'm like, oh no, I don't want to do. I don't want to make that guy mad. So I go over to Brock immediately, shake his mitt. Are you kidding me? That thing engulfed my arm all the way up to my middle of my forearm. Massive ham, massive, massive, massive ham hocks there. I go, nice to meet you, sir. You're a legend. He goes, uh, you too. And I was like, oh, well, you said it. And I just walk away. Talk to Mr. H. I go, what's the plan? He goes, we got a good one for you. I'm like, all right, I get a text from Michael Cole. He's like, have you heard the plan yet? I'm like, no. He's like, we got a good one for you. Nobody told me the plan still. We're like an hour before the show. I get told the plan, and then we immediately go into Vince McMahon's office. I'm wearing a sleeveless hoodie and jorts. I had a sport coat and a button down just in case what happened at WrestleMania happens here. Sure. Just in case I was going to get kicked out. Vince McMahon still got his fastball, by the way. Still got his fastball in a meeting. Still sending zingers out there, runs through the entire thing about an hour before the show. I go out there at about 8.30, last hour and a half, doing commentary with Tom Phillips and Renee Young, and I had the time of my life out there. When I say I had a blast, I mean I had a blast. The NXT brand, which is the brand I work for, uh, that Triple H runs, 
There's Raw, there's SmackDown, there's NXT. Basically, the NXT superstars took over Friday Night SmackDown because there was nobody there. So we kind of made it a show about NXT and NXT TakeOver for Survivor Series. And I had a blast. I'm friends with basically everybody there. They kind of let me do my thing. And Vince McMahon was in my ear a couple times. And I think I even heard him laugh once. Stephanie McMahon was in my ear a couple times. I think I even heard her laugh once. It was a success. And I had a blast. And it all came to be within five hours. And Jim Irsay, honestly, you've given me a lot. A lot. Too much. You grossly overpaid me to kick balls. To drop your G4... (laughs) Just like that, for me to do that is so cool. I don't know how many other owners would do that. I don't know how many other people would be that lucky. But for me, I made a bunch of, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. And had no idea if, yeah, I could do that. And then it all came together very last minute, and I had a great time. And you created the greatest gift of all time, by the way. Stephanie McMahon Mm -hmm. waving and and blowing a kiss to Triple H, who's standing right in front of me, (laughs) and then me waving back. I didn't know if they caught it. I knew it was going to be a magical moment. It looked like your first day of school saying bye like your parents. It was a dream, man. The The fact that that came together as quick as it did, a lot of brilliance up there. And some are saying that's the greatest SmackDown in the history of SmackDowns. Well, the ratings indicate that. The ratings it, it were up. Your boy had a good time, man. There's no way I had any cooth in the booth, though. I was doing things you're not supposed to do. In the middle of promos, I'd be like, hmm. Like, while people were talking, hmm. See, but that's why, pe- like, you know, granted, you're my boss, but I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. Anyone who would watch that would tell, like, it that enhances what you're watching. Like, it's not, it's different than anything else you're used to seeing, which is why you put the asses in the seats, which is why people want to watch that stuff. Yeah, some people hate me. This is the way it goes. And to them, I say... I'd probably hate you too. <laughs> so I don't know what to tell you. That was awesome. Dream come true. Very thankful for all parties involved, including Jim Mersey. If you could actually tweet Jim Mersey a thank you right now. Oh, yes. The best thank you to Jim Mersey gets free merch to our store. Hey. So tag us, tag Jim Irsay. We'll have somebody scanning through it. And the most creative thank you to Jim Irsay for lending us his G fucking four. <laughs> Get some merch from our store. Everybody loves the feeling of winning. Don't they, Connor? Love it. Especially the feeling of winning the holidays. Mm-hmm. If you're giving everybody Bomba's socks this holiday, you deserve a spot in the Holiday Gifting Hall of Fame. <laughs> hey, good yeah! Famer, dude? Whoa, that's pretty good. Wow. Hey. If you're giving Bomba socks this holiday, you're ending up in the Holiday Gifting Hall of Fame. That's crazy. Did you know that socks are the number one most requested item in homeless shelters? Really? Bomba socks were created to change that. For every pair you buy, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. Bomba socks are soft, not just pretty soft, more like made with the softest cotton in the world soft. Oh. It's soft. And they're built with extra cushion. So no matter whether you're walking the dog, chilling at home, playing the drums, or saving the world, you'll be comfortable. Bomba socks provide support in places you didn't even know you needed it, like your arches. Each sock is built with special arch support system that's supportive but not too tight, like a nice hug, but on your foot. <clears throat> Other lesser men would have stumbled over that sentence. Yeah. Oh, come yeah. on. Like two, three times. <laughs> <laughs> Ever notice that annoying toe seam most socks have? That little ridge on the top? Bomba said, nah. 
got rid of it. From now on, it's just smooth sailing all the way across the top of your foot. You do a lot of different things. So Bomba's made a lot of different socks, like dress socks for work, performance socks for working out, and limited edition holiday socks. Get them now. They even have a line of Merino wool socks. Merino is like regular wool, but magical. They're soft, warm, and naturally moisture-wicking, never itchy or rough. That is very important to notice here about the Merino wool socks. Because you might think, oh, those would be itchy or rough. They're not. They're actually delicious feeling you know that person who's just a gift enigma completely impossible to shop for the worst bombas is the gift that even that person will love oh everybody loves bombas if you want to give someone a perfectly nice gift give them a candle if you want to be a holiday gifting ninja give them bombas go to bombas.com slash mcafee today and get 20 percent off your first purchase that's b-o-m-b-a-s.com slash m-c-a-f-e-e bombas.com slash mcafee get into the holiday gifting hall of fame everybody wanted to hear my thoughts on the adam vinatieri laces in kick um and it was fun for me to kind of talk about all that goes into a field goal operation and i think a lot of people learned something from it here it is vinatieri had not been kicking the ball well it was a lot of ugly kicks i mean heinz field is not the easiest place to kick anyways but he was hitting the ball a little fat it was going a little sideways but he was still putting the ball through the uprights so walking into that 40 some yard of there to win the game i was a little bit torn first i thought it's heinz field They deferred in the first half, so they got the ball in the second half, so they didn't get to pick which direction they wanted in the fourth quarter. So he's probably going into the windiest area, which can be tough. But then I thought back to myself, this is Adam Vinatieri. This is a minute left in the game to win the game. This dude's cold as ice, willing to sacrifice our love. The love has nothing to do with it other than my love of winning. And when he walked on that field, one minute left, I had the back of my mind saying he hadn't hit the ball that clean today. He's kicking in a very tough stadium on an end that is obviously tougher than the other other end because he didn't get to select. But then on the other side, it was like, yeah, but this dude is the dude. Yeah, this is the most doubt. clutch dude in the history of sports. He goes out there. I'm standing right behind him. The video has been seen by millions of people on the Internet already. And as soon as that ball gets held by Rigoberto Sanchez, incredible punter, and I assume he's a very good holder. I haven't looked that much. Good holder. As soon as that ball gets placed and I see the laces staring Adam Vinatieri directly in the snaws, directly in his eyes, I knew we are in a bad spot. Because not only is he already battling the wind and the conditions and the fact that he hadn't been hitting the ball clean all day, now he's got to battle against science. And the science says this. Where the laces are is where the leather comes together. You see? Where the leather comes together and the laces are there. So when you kick the ball on the other side, it's much firmer because it's been pulled tight. And the way a bat hits a baseball, how it pops off, and how a driver hits a golf ball, how it pops off, is how you want your foot to be with a football. just kind of pops off. Yes, every time you kick, because the football has air inside of it, it will bend around your foot a little bit and then slingshot off. But when you're hitting the laces side, you see, because that's where everything's coming together, it is naturally, scientifically, going to be the softest part of the ball. So whenever you hit that, the ball uh, come... No, not combust. And, um, uh, 
Compresses? Compress. There it is. That a boy's easy. The the ball compresses even more. It wraps around the foot. It sticks on your foot. So when you're as a righty, you pull off to the right, then it slingshots off. That's why anytime you see somebody hit a laces back ball, it's normally going to be a pull because it stays on your foot longer. How do you make the kick? Great question. Quick adjustment, open your hips, hit the ball out to the right a little bit if you see it in time. It is a very difficult thing. How else do you change it? Well, the snapper and the holder have to be at the same distance they always are. In the middle of the field can be a little difficult. The laces, though, and this is something that Finkel, Marino, Einhorn, Pet Detective really shaped our culture into thinking, but nowadays in football, maybe back then, but nowadays in football, the laces are 100% the snapper's job. That is what the long snapper gets judged upon. Some of these long snappers are so damn good. They can cover kicks well. They can block well. And when they snap on field goals, the laces are supposed to be all the way out. Some of these snappers are making millions of dollars a year to do this. It is so vital to the process. What has happened in the field goal kicking game is everything has gotten quicker as the athletes who have been trying to block kicks have gotten better. So now the entire operation is under 1.25 seconds, 1.3 seconds from the moment the ball moves to the moment the time is kicked. The snapper's job is to snap it, have the laces facing in a forward way, hit it right in the hands, and then block. And the holder's job is to put it down. Your first thought is make sure you get it on the right spot because everything comes down to inches. Then you have to get the right lean. And then laces is the last thing that you think about. But the only thing you're supposed to do with laces is correct any little error that the long snapper had. When it's all the way back here, and he spun it a little bit even back towards Vinny, because that's a no-man's land there, where your hands can't feel it and your eyes can't see it, you kind of panic a little bit. But when it's all the way back there, and you're trying to spin it all the way around, with how quick these kicks are going, kicking a spinning ball is even worse than kicking Lace's ball. So there's a lot that goes into this where everybody is like, oh, well, even with the laces, you should have done this. The holder should have done this. It was an operational failure from snap to hold to kick. Could all of them corrected each other? Yes, they could have. But all these things are happening so fast because of how fast the game is. A lot of people mention that Vinatieri Chili dipped it. He hit behind the ball. And if you're us- utilizing golf for your reference, that would make sense because if you duff your club or your iron, it's going to slow down the kick or slow down your swing and mess up the shot. In football, kickers hit behind the ball all the time, especially Vinatieri. I said every time on Get Up, let's not argue every time. I shouldn't have said in absolutes, but on a very regular occasion, when you're holding for Adam Vinatieri, your entire left side of your body will be filled with sand, and if you're on AstroTurf or that sport turf, black rubber from the tires that are in there. That's just a part of the thing that only happens from hitting beforehand. It is a normal Normal, normal thing for kickers to do. And sometimes it even helps out the kicker because it flattens out their foot a little bit. So you combine all these things. Not hitting the ball clean all day, so needed a good and perfect operation. Seeing straight laces, Rigoberto Sanchez moving the laces into his eyes to distract him a little bit, and also pulling it because of the slingshot and the wind probably in that area. It was just a recipe for disaster that they all could have got better. And Vinny, whenever he makes a kick, it all sits on his shoulders. You don't hear about the operation. And when he misses a kick, it should all sit on his shoulders, I guess. But there's a lot more that goes into it than just Vinatieri kicking. 
He's missed a lot of kicks this year. I would argue that some of his kicks have been flat-out ugly. That one yesterday, absolutely the case. It's very difficult, though, whenever you hit laces. You have to adjust quickly and do that. His last miss, though, a guy was standing directly in front of him, literally directly in front of him, so he could try to bend it. He didn't do that. A couple other times, there's been ball moving while he's kicking. I mean, he has not had a great year by any means, but yesterday... The operation didn't do him any favors, and I'd assume they'd bounce back because Luke Rhodes and Rigoberto Sanchez, two of the best at what they do. But every once in a while, you're just off on something. And when you're off on something that is supposed to happen in 1.25 seconds, it all gets magnified. It's just the way it goes. That's why our business is a tough one, mm-hmm. and that's why you got to move forward. And I think Rigo and Rambo, which is Luke Rhodes' nickname, will move forward. And I think Vinatieri will as well and be better next time. But this is a game they shouldn't have lost going into it. Once that they lost, everybody's like, yeah, okay. The refs weren't really helping either team. Back up, back up, back up quarterback in. I think the Colts are still okay. And they got a hot Dolphins team they got to play against yeah. next week. So they got to get over it rather quickly. Yeah, it's pretty in-depth there. you know. And a lot of people say, Well, how does the snapper control the laces? Well, it is the snapper's job to snap the same exact ball every single time. He's literally being judged on his consistency. He's being judged on his ability to repeat the same snap every single time. The holder's job is to line up the same exact distance away. So every single time it rotates the same exact amount of times, and when the holder catches it, the ball and its laces should be in an area where it's very easy for the holder to put down and straighten up perfectly. It wasn't always this way. Back in the day, it was not this way, but back in the day, there wasn't just long snappers. Usually it was tight ends at long snapper, DNs at long snapper, linebackers at long snap. Now it's its own position. Now these guys are making millions of dollars and now they are being judged on lace placement. That's just a factual statement. Back in the day, maybe Finkel, Einhorn, Marino, it wasn't the case then. So I guess Finkel does have a gripe with Marino for not getting the laces all the way around. But if that movie was to be shot now, it would be 100% on the long snapper. And anybody who knows football knows that. Anybody who knows special teams knows that it's not like that in high school i don't even think it's like that in college but in college and high school those snappers are making a million dollars to do what they're doing that's the difference between being a pro and being someone that just does a job on the side so i probably pissed off a lot of long snappers because i kind of gave up their little uh secret there (laughs) that they kind of got by for a long time by the way holders have taken the blame for the laces for a long time and by the way holders can help Holders are asked to help. That's what teammates do, by the way, is you pick up for the other person. But the duty of the laces is the snapper's job. That's one of their jobs. The holder is to get it on the right spot, get it on the right lean, and perfect the laces because now kicks are getting off in 1.25 seconds. Back in the day, it was like 1.4, 1.5. You had a little bit more time to move the ball. Now everything happens at such a rapid rate. That's why you see punters holding instead of quarterbacks because you get a chance to work with it more. You get a chance to work with the snapper more. Quarterbacks can't do that because they have actual drills to do. So it's a whole evolution of the old special teams world, and it truly is an operation that is in the way of a kicker making a kick. And I knew that while I was holding. I'm only here to fuck it up. <laughs> I'm only here to, I, I am touching this ball for probably 0.6 seconds, probably 0.6 seconds that ball is in my hand. I have to get it down, get it lean, get the laces perfected. And my only thing I could do is fuck it up. Tough spot there for Rigoberto Sanchez and Luke Rhodes with Vinatieri because it is Adam Vinatieri. He has had a rough year, so everything's going to get magnified, especially when it's a game winner. But I know they'll bounce back next time. 
Those two guys are pros. They're both making good money, and they both have performed very well. But Vinatieri can still make that kick if he opens his hips a little bit and adjusts it, but it's very, very difficult to do, especially in Heinz Field where it's known to eat up footballs, which it would do even more so if you're hitting the laces and the ball's spinning slower. Just something to think about. That's my expert advice. I mean, I might be wrong. I don't know. Did it professionally at the highest level for a long time. <laughs> a lot of people were telling me on Twitter I was wrong. That was kind of fun to deal Mind with. Mind-blowing. It's kind of fun to deal with. Oh, oh, what do you know? <laughs> so you're telling me a snapper spins the ball so the laces are... Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I was a long snapper. Oh, you were in the NFL? Uh, college. I'm like, yeah, did you make the NFL? Probably because you couldn't fuck control your laces. <laughs> <laughs> you fuck. Same thing. Like, I don't know if the C- there was a CFL guy that uh, mentioned. I don't know what he was saying because there's a lot of comments coming in. A lot of people said they learned something, which, by the way, we've been saying this for like three years on the show. This mm-hmm. is kind of the way it goes. But I am happy that I can learn more people about something that is very near and dear to my heart, which is special teams. CFL, I don't even know if the snappers are expected to do it because I don't know if it's its own position. I don't know how much it's practiced. But in the NFL, you can ask any of them. That is literally what they do. And to their credit, they should get a lot more credit that they're able to bend over and just throw the same exact pitch every single time. That is why they're robots. That is why they're machines. And that is why you see guys get jobs and stay there for 10 years. Because once you get a guy that can do it, there's no reason to change it. None at all. You're like, let's just let this guy do it until he's done. And then you see him send one over his head or airmail one or two. Then he's gone. And then you're trying to find the next one that can do it. It's all about repetition in the NFL. It's all about consistency. And some guys got it. Some guys don't. But even the guys that do got it miss every once in a while. That happened to Luke Rhodes. He just missed. That happens. Tough for Vinny, though. That was a bad kick. He was so, like, careful to protect them when he was interviewed about it. So careful. I didn't hear what he said. He it was on normally local. he'll say normally he'll, he'll say we'll look at film and we'll get it corrected. No, no, uh, it was on the local TV. I don't know if it went national or not, but they asked him if about the laces being in was it a bad snap or was there something wrong went wrong with the hold and he he stumbled for a second. And he said, "But uh, I have to make the kick. I have to make the kick." He said, "Bottom line, I have to make the kick. It's on me." But yeah, because very at end, protective. At the end of the day, by the way. That is it, right? Yeah. The holder can make up for the snapper, and the kicker can make up for both of them mm-hmm. if he makes it. But that is a very, very difficult kick to make. And if you would have made it, it would have been awesome. Because when it does slingshot off your foot, if you pull your leg at all, it's going to send that way. So sometimes if you see it, some guys can hit it perfectly straight. That's because they maintain a straight swing all the way through the ball, leaving their foot completely. And that's very impressive. That should also be talked about. Like, hey, this is a great kick. I'm not saying it's impossible to kick one, but it is very easy to miss with the with the laces on you. Very easy to miss. It just it's hard. It's difficult. That's why it's a thing. Yeah. That's why there was like that's why that's why people were paid millions <laughs> of dollars to not have it happen. Like it's a real thing. Speaking of a real thing, sports gambling, real thing. Oh yeah. This past weekend, not great. <laughs> oh, not great for anybody. I, I mean. I mean, woof is right. That I was mean, a, that was one. You get one of those NFL weekends, a couple times a year. That was one of them. It was it was uh, it was doomsday prepping. Mm-hmm. Doomsday came, and it was mm-hmm. on Sunday for all of us. But this upcoming week, we're all going to get back on track because we're going to read more about sports gambling this week and the inside information than any other week before. We're going to study where the sharp money's going. We're going to study where the professional gamblers are gambling. We're going to study what the dumb people are doing. We're going to find out why we should be picking what, and we're going to do that at one app and one app only. That's the Action Network. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
The Action Network app is a one-stop shop for everything you need to know from going in from sports gambling to sports investing. They tell you the things you should be doing, why you're doing them, and why you shouldn't do what you want to do. It's your hard-earned cash. Mm-hmm. You want to have a horse in the race? Let them tell you why you should pick which horse in the race. Gambling's a good time. We love gambling. We put our bets in at FanDuel, and then we immediately put our bets that we put in on the Action Network app, and it tracks it for us all day. It literally tells you if you're doing well, green dot. If you're doing bad, red dot. Let's live in green dot city. Mm-hmm. This past weekend, a lot of red dots. <laughs> no more. No more. We are learning more than we've ever learned from the Action Network this week. Thousands of articles on why you should gamble where and what you should do. Thousands. Thousands. There's people that you can follow and utilize their picks. There's people you can follow and fade. Like, oh, oh yeah. this is what this person's doing. They're ice cold. Let's go the opposite direction. The Action Network is your home to become a better gambler. The Action Network has the best sporting analysis. Their analysts make picks, but more importantly, they tell you how they are thinking about each game and which data points are important. We go to the Action Network, get real insights from data-driven contrarian sports bettors and learn how they operate. Start tracking all of your bets in one place and never lose track of your record. Get real-time odds and lines. Start betting with data and expert analysis. Bet with your friends and track their picks. Join Green Dot City today by going to getaction.app forward slash pat. That's G-E-T-A A-C-T-I-O-N dot app forward slash Pat. Tim McAfee's been on here. Really? He's getting into sports gambling. Oh, I love that. Tim McAfee knows nothing about sports gambling. Tim McAfee's never been into it. But if he's going to do it, he said, I might as well learn about it a little Mm -hmm. bit. He's been tracking what a lot of people have been doing. And he even said tough beats yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) The the Tim McAfee data that he found. (laughs) It's easy to read for everybody. Learn a little something about something that can make you some money. We had an incredible conversation earlier about this, the weekend that was with the boys. I can't believe the Steelers got a win there. Me either. <laughs> Are you happy with the win or not happy with the win? What do you mean? Always happy with the win. Yeah, but all it's doing now is hurting your draft. But you gave your draft to yeah. Dolphin, so it doesn't matter. Doesn't Literally, matter. the only thing I'm looking forward from this Steelers season is to finish ahead of the Browns. That is my only happiness. Which, by the way, seems like it's going to yeah. happen. They don't look like they're going to win shit. Also, hey, what a shame for the dog Brown, man. <laughs> that team, they are not good. Freddie Kitchens is uh, probably a great guy, man. Literally. Maybe. Probably a great guy. I don't know. I mean, he gets jobs. Normally, people that get jobs, well-liked individuals. Yeah. You, know? you mm-hmm. think he'll get another one after this? No. <laughs> not as a coach maybe like maybe graduate from running backs coach to like oc and then maybe head coach a little bit yeah i'd probably have to go back to offense coordinator or something it'd probably be an assistant it'd probably be a consultant or something an offensive consultant for somebody that's what always happens because you're still getting paid Mm -hmm. so they don't want to have to pay you but they like your brain in the building you'll be a a consultant and then he'll make the jump to offensive coordinator again and then potentially head coach again it's going to be tough to hire him as a head coach again after this. I mean, it's a debacle. I mean, situational what he's, awareness is terrible. Baker looks terrible. Not even on the field, like off the field at this point. Terrible. Right? <laughs> look at it. He judges his mustache. What you want no, I'm not talking about the mustache. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about his, 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 his hair. Oh, tire, his hair. Just, oh. Like, the hair is nice. <laughs> it, was a, it looked like he dressed up for Halloween for that. <laughs> as a... You know, he couldn't do the Fu Manchu. <laughs> he couldn't do the Fu Manchu in the press conference Correct. because of the loss. Mm-hmm. So he went, he shaved that off, and he was like, "Well, I don't want to go complete babyface to this thing because then it looks like I kind of submitted." So he kept the mustache, which it's probably the right move in the situation he was in because he mm-hmm. went full beard to Fu Manchu. So he already made that move. 
It's like a dress change at an award show or a wedding or something like that, like a, a costume change. So going into that presser after losing, you have that Fu Manchu, like people aren't going to be able to take you serious if you do that. So he was like, oh, I got to get serious. Goes with the mustache. <laughs> that mustache was a serious mustache, dude. Pretty sure they play the Bills this week, which is a pretty good pass defense. Oh, fuck. Uh, Odell's a ticking time bomb. We've been saying that, though. We've been saying that. Jay Feely, for all the faults that Feely and I have with each other, a couple good inside scoops by O.J. Feely. <laughs> yeah. O.J. Feely was sticking his nose in there and finding out exactly everything he could. So Odell just came off the field pissed off. <laughs> no shoes. He, he said, I can't get a damn ball. The shoes thing? Jay Feely had his little ear to the ground in the dog pound. Also, at, at this point, I think Odell has earned that. Like, if he blows up, oh, like, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, you've yeah, earned yeah, yeah. it. Everybody but. would be like... Impressed that it took you this long, yeah, exactly. sir. You know, because his reputation does precede him a little bit. And everybody, you know, because he did a little Wayne interview on ESPN and the boat picture and the kicking net and the yelling and the this. Everybody, I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. But everybody just assumed that as soon as things go wrong, Odell Beckham is going to handle it poorly. And I don't know if this is the proper way to handle things or the wrong way to handle things, depending on who you are, but it seems like he's been very mature through this whole thing and not being incredibly pissed off about it. I don't know how to put it into words well, on the Get Up show quick enough for the way the Get Up show is. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to like say in like 30 seconds, you know? I don't know how to put it into words like, oh, I think he's acting like a grown-up motherfucker right now, as opposed to like, because he, he really is. I think yeah. he is, because he is pissed. There's mm-hmm. a lot of players in the NFL that are pissed, by the way. There are a lot of people in the NFL that hate their situations, but they just kind of... You know, for a long time, you just go out there, you mask it. You say, yeah, I'm happy to be here, honored to be here. I'm work as hard as I can. And then whenever the camera leaves, there's a lot of people that are like, man, this sucks. Like, geez, this program's tough, but I'm making a great paycheck. I'm just going to keep it moving. For Odell Beckham just to stay quiet this whole time, I've been very impressed by it. Seems like he got blamed for a lot of stuff that went wrong in New York. I agree. And you can't really do that in Cleveland because it's not his fault. It seems to be everyone around him. Yeah, because I wonder if he was taking blame if at some point he'd be like, wait a fucking second. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because that's why I thought after that punt he fumbled that was going to happen because I thought people were going to start coming after him. But that punt fumble is such a tiny little thing in the Cleveland Browns 2019 story. Least disciplined team to ever take the field. Like, Mm -hmm. documented. Yeah. Yeah. Documented. Most penalties. When you look what he does when they actually give him the ball, yeah. you know, I mean, he had that like one catch he on that plant. He mossed dude did it, uh, yesterday. He's unreal when the ball's in his hands. He is. But you got to find ways to get him the ball. I mean, you can figure out how ways to get Tyreek Hill the ball. Andy Reid does that very well. And Tyreek Hill, let's assume he's getting treated the same way as Odell Beckham and probably even worse because Tyreek runs a 4-1 or whatever the fuck it is. Weapon. <laughs> That's what Orlovsky said. Dan Orlovsky said that this morning. This guy is a game changer. <laughs> I'm going to sit on ESPN. No shit. <laughs> game changer. He's so fast. His name is Cheetah on Twitter. <laughs> that was like, he went from a, a dead stop. Yes. To an escort of another grown man. That might be the most impressive thing I've ever seen on a football field. Bro, it was a real life, like, whenever you're talking about who's faster or whatever, people say, I'll give you 10 yards. They're talking about in a 40. I'll, I could give you 15 yards. And they were talking about that. I could still catch him. He literally gave him 25 yards off. From a standstill, he gave a guy 25 yards and he caught him. I mean, it was next level. I mean, it was just what a move. By the way, sucks for that guy. Biggest play of his <laughs> life. <laughs> Biggest play of his life. And he just gets walked by his own teammate. But, hey, he would have blocked that guy if he had to, which mm-hmm. is what a good teammate does. Should Patrick Mahomes start when he's healthy or Matt Moore? Oh. I know. there's a lot. Of, you, they gave Matt Moore too much time. <laughs> what was it, like a minute and 10 seconds or something yeah. like that? You don't give Matt no, Moore that much no. time. Pat Mahomes looked very healthy in that celebration. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. I was literally watching him for like, okay, that would hurt the knee. Oh, backpedaling. Okay, a little bit of a spin there. All right, Pat. 
looks healthy. And then he pushed. Okay, a little physicality. All right. He's in a good spot. Mm-hmm. I think he's all the way back. I think he's good. Not all the way back. There's probably going to be a little bit of pain, but he looked very healthy in that celebration. For them to be able to steal that win against a Vikings team that had been hot, I think that's massive for the Chiefs. Good for them. Patriots getting a loss, too. Good for the Chiefs picking one up there. Mm-hmm. That Patriots team, by the way, made me feel really good about the Colts whenever the Patriots lost. And I don't know if that's how I'm supposed mm-hmm. to feel or not, but they Colts lose and the Patriots lose. I'm like, yeah, these types of things happen, man. Don't lose faith. These types of things happen. Yeah, we had a very key injury. So All pro quarterback. Yeah, down. I mean, let's go. Yeah. Best quarterback in the league goes down. And why not? It's weird, Todd, because you, you said um, that guy was going to own Cam Hayward all week long. You told me that. Hey, oh, real Quinn, quick, though. Quinn. Yeah. Cam Hayward is an animal of a man. <laughs> Evidently. Bro, animal of a man. He took Wreck-It Ralph and put him right on top of Jacoby. <laughs> he bit him backward. I did not expect that at all. No. I did not expect that at all. That was insane. Cam Hayward needs a little bit more respect, I think, whatever humans are talking about defense yeah, alignment. Because he's from the Steelers, Pittsburgh. Aaron Donald takes a lot of the inside D mm-hmm, lineman mm-hmm. hype. Cam Hayward, very impressive. Who was his dad? Ironhead. Iron I played Mr. pickup Hayward. basketball with him at uh Oh yeah, Tim was telling us about that. Your dad. Yeah, I played pickup basketball with him in a in an elementary school gymnasium in Plumboro. <laughs> really? Yeah, Ironhead Hayward. You're lucky you lived at Tolba. <laughs> he was a big body underneath there. I, I stayed on the outside. I was like eleven, maybe ten or eleven. I just ran back and forth. <laughs> He's been a very nice guy. And now his kid is just a Terminator inside. Terminator bombed, by the way. Big oh. time. Oh, who would have thought? Yeah. Why, why, what's your deal? They haven't made a good Terminator movie since Judgment Day. Yeah. The second one. They, yeah, they, too. they made too many bad ones in a row. I had no idea they made other ones. The, yeah. I thought this was the so second many. one. The <laughs> leading actor. <laughs> this is like five or six. Who was the leading actor actress? I've never heard of them. Uh, she was in Halt and Catch Fire. It was like an AMC show, which... Oh, great. Don't know why that's, you know, thinks you can you can handle a $100 million franchise on your own, but hey, <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> is that what it is? A $100 million franchise? Oh, yeah. The budget was astronomical. And they thought because James Cameron's coming back, he's going to be the uh-huh. executive producer again. Arnold's back. Linda Hamilton's back. back. I had no idea this was a movie, by the way. Turns out people just don't give a fuck anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Russell Wilson, very good at football. Mm -hmm. I was following along that game on the phone because I didn't have it on the screen. And I was like, oh, look at fucking Tampa Bay going into Seattle and winning this thing. Then a little miss uh, time management right before half, Mm -hmm. get Russell Wilson some points, and then... That thing went to overtime? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then Russell Wilson at home in overtime does Russell Wilson things? Is that accurate? First yeah. drive, yep. What Basi- did he do? Basically, um, so they left too much. Tampa scored and left too much time on the clock, Which obviously. You don't do with Matt Moore, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has a nice little drive down. And Brian Hoyer. 40-yard Bingo. field goal for the win. Bingo. Okay. He misses. Oh, no. Jason Myers missed I mean, it. He had a bad day yesterday. <sighs> A lot of bad, bad days for kids. And then they go to overtime, and yeah, Russ just goes down and takes care of business. Yeah, Russell Wilson. Tyler Lockett, very underrated receiver. Uh, he's a weapon. Yeah. He's dangerous. <laughs> Game changer. Metcalf, too. Game I mean, they're Yeah, he had a big day. How Metcalf, too? Good. He, had a, he had a good day. He's back, right? Mm-hmm. This is his first time back. He's still yoked. Well, he was off, and then he's back, right? I don't know if he was off or not. Ah, oh, man. That's tough being out there in Seattle, dude. 
You don't I know mean, for that. me, it's tough. I mean, I wish I knew more about Seattle Seahawks. I assume they're going to become a prevalent story whenever we get they're, to the playoffs, and it's going to be. Like, I almost kind of enjoy like the catch up time. <laughs> <laughs> like for those that don't know, this Seahawks team has been very good. Russell Wilson hasn't thrown an interception in seven thousand four hundred throws, or something. like whatever comes out. They do have to like reset the entire mm-hmm. table for everybody. Like for those of you that have no idea what have happened to the Seattle Seahawks, they are now in the playoffs and on primetime television, and you're going to have to watch them. Here's their entire story. Yes, that guy did get drafted. Yes, he was a freak. Yes, he took his shirt off with a meeting with Pete Carroll. <laughs> and yes, he's good at football. Like, they'll have to reset the entire stage because that East Coast bias is a real thing. But, man, it feels like when Russell Wilson is on my television, all I do is see him do the right stuff, whether it's interviews or on the football field. He's he's pretty fantastic. That Here's guy. what you need to know. They pound the rock. Okay. DK Metcalf, all he does catch touchdowns. Russell Wilson playing like an MVP. They were going to add Antonio Brown. They looked into it, but they added Josh Gordon instead. True. And they also... Really can't stop anyone anymore, so they always play exciting games. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? So it's always backdoor cover season. Yeah, yeah. With the Seattle Seahawks. Uh-huh. They're also in a tough spot because even though they're playing really well, they, in the end, are looking at probably having to play a road game in the playoffs For because sure. the Niners are... So New Orleans, Green Bay. Something yep. like that, yeah. Something they, like they that. They play the Niners Monday night coming up. Look at you. Look hey, at Z. Z. Boy, Z. No big deal, Z-T. guys. In San Fran. Jesus. Oh, no. I oh, just no. missed my mouth. Just my, water. Uh, what the fuck is that shit.com? <laughs> <laughs> Liquiddeath.com. This shit. Another good game you didn't get to see was Lions, Lions Raiders was also up and down the floor. No, we saw it. We were watching oh, on the plane a little bit. Oh. Incredible interception by Okuzzi in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Number two player of the week with that left hand grab. Stafford doesn't throw picks, by the way. Mm-hmm. So to make a huge play like that against Matty Stafford was crazy. Lions, though, you know, they're right there. <laughs> hey. <laughs> This is what I said to Diggs today. I said, this is the most stereotypical Lions team of all time. They're going to be in every single game, and then they're going to come up short, and they're going to win about eight or seven games this season, get an average draft pick, and then they're going to do the same exact thing next ah, year. It would suck to lose to Mitch Brisky, though. Nah, I guarantee it went over the Bears. Mark Whoa! it down right now. Mark it down Whoa! right now. They will beat the Chicago Bears. That's getting Clip clipped. it. Clip, Clip it. it. You're fucked, dude. <laughs> no, 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 no. What an idiot. You are. Dude. Guaranteed. Dude. 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 Why'd you dude, do that, dude? Dude, dude why'd you do that? Bears dude. are favored in that somehow. Dude, I'm open. Sure too. Really? Uh, I, I saw them. they were favored by like two. Where's I'd it at? Them. In Chicago? Am I right? Not that it yeah, matters. That's, that place is going to be yeah. raining booze for Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> <laughs> they might be cheering Matty Stafford more than they're cheering Trubisky. <laughs> they oh, no. They're saying true. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch was throwing five-yard outs last week. He was throwing them into the stands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let him get loose, baby. Let him so, get loose. I got a stat this morning at the get-up that producers gave me. Like, last year, Mitchell Trubisky, number three overall QBR. Yeah. And I was like, are you serious? They're like, yes. I'm like, I did not know that. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know that I did not know that. They were like, uh, this year is QBR, nowhere near that. I was like, I would have guessed that. Like, Yesterday, zero plays out of the pocket were called for him. Last year he saw a lot of success outside the pocket. This year he's terrible. They're not moving him outside the pocket at all. I was like, so Nagy's fault. And they're like, Well, you would argue that when you have a lot of success at something and you're number three overall in the entire NFL, you would want to keep that same type of thing going, wouldn't you? And I was like, yeah, I would take. Can you show me some footage from last year though, where he's moving outside the pocket? And they're like, "You got it." They just typed it in. They're like, "Play after play after play." Trubisky's like running and like making plays. I was like, "Oh yeah, that seems like a pretty fucking uh, <laughs> seems like a pretty sound theory you got right there." And I was like, "That makes a lot." I like Ty's question about is Nagy doing it on purpose to get rid of Trubisky to roll the dice? Well, Ryan Pace, that's his guy. He traded up for him, right, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mr. Pace? 
Ryan, Ryan Pace. I don't like him. Whoa. <laughs> Take him out. <laughs> Is this the sentiment of all Bear fans? Ah, oh, just me. I, I don't speak know. for myself. <laughs> I do. We don't know if that's accurate either. <laughs> you know? Because we don't know who you are. My name's Zito. Is it? She isn't. <laughs> <laughs> he's da- he's not dating. He has met a lady. Oh god. Who potentially <laughs> who potentially oh, yeah. has yeah, access yeah, yeah, yeah. to telling us a lot of things. Yeah. About- oh, I didn't even I think about that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Finally find out. Oh yeah. Pretty pumped up about that. Zero was telling me about it. I was like, that's incredible. Okay, all right. And then he started telling me more information. I'm like, man, I'm gonna learn a lot about you <laughs> pretty quickly from that guy. I think so. I'm pretty pumped up about it. I think there's like that uh, you can't talk about it kind of thing, right? Yeah. FBI agents can't talk about things? No, that's patient doctor. Yeah. Oh, is that lawyers? Yeah, and that's lawyer. uh, FUPA. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I... If Hippa, Tony Hippa, told me... Hippa, same thing. <laughs> same difference. <laughs> uh, what did I tell you, Z? If you give someone a dollar, they can't tell on you? Correct, because they're your lawyer, legally. <sighs> you Italians, <laughs> you fucking Italians! I'll be one up and give them like, you ten dollar bill. That? All these yeah. homeless guys with so many secrets. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when I walk to get up Monday mornings, I have to walk at like five thirty-five a.m. in New York City. I walk on this one street where there's the same eight bums that sleep there. Yeah. They're all kind of waking up, like when I'm walking by them. Like every once in a while, I'll give like a 10 to the one guy. He's still asleep or whatever. Like I just think of him waking up, seeing him being like, oh, my God. See. Where's the liquor store? <laughs> <laughs> They're all just so fucked up. They all sleep like they literally just got knocked out the night before. <laughs> Bottles, like sleeping next to them, like as if they're cuddling a bottle of the cheapest stuff they got. I'm uh, like, you're an incredible human, dude. I would rattle that change in there to make sure he woke up and saw me oh putting the money in. Oh, you want credit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, me, I Tony, a- gave it to you. Hi, <laughs> uh, Anthony Gilio. You won't remember this. You're blacked out, but it was me, bitch. <laughs> That's awesome. I think one time I'll go by and I'll, I'll like kick him and wake him up. And be like, hey, have you noticed like every seventh sunrise? Because <laughs> he probably doesn't know what day it is. Do you know? Like, have you noticed like every seventh sunrise? Like a little ten dollars is right below you. Yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, that's been me. Oh fuck! <laughs> Do you have ten bucks? That's all you care. That's all he would ask you care about. But I feel pretty good. Saint Schlitz. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy though watching those homeless folks because we don't see them every day here. Yeah. Nah. And in in New York, this one guy's got a nice little setup. He's got like an air mattress. This guy. Oh, Do you awesome. see our guy when oh. we go to Shake Shack? Carl is the man. What's he got? He just has a really cool little like mattress on the steps and he has a roof over him. Bro, this one guy was laying inside uh, a store on the windowsill with his phone plugged into the wall right below. What? Oh, that's a power move. No shoes on. No shoes on. Had yeah. pants, no shoes on. Was wearing like a wife beater. Yeah. And his little bed was outside the convenience store right to right to the right. He was just scanning through his phone. Like <laughs> <laughs> this fucking guy living. No taxes, no worries, Just no bumble. fucks to give that guy. None at all. Yeah, he's probably on Bumble. We should do a Cribs episode with him. I, we can find him. I know exactly where he's at. He's got a nice spread. I mean, some of these guys got a pretty nice little setup. I don't know what's going to happen now when it gets a little chillier. Because I think they're Oh, you get a space heater. Plug it in. I don't know. 
See, the, I don't know if the wires come outside though, because they have to shut the thing. Mm. There has to be an outdoor uh, plug, which I'm not sure they have. They have to, they sleep near the grates <laughs> where the steam comes up. That's a good idea. Did you, Did you say he was on Bumble? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to do that. Oh, come on, Bumble. Is that what you're trying to do? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh. I was going to say the homeless apps should probably be like, like crumble. Maybe. Oh, you'd have to do that. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't say he was on homeless bull. <laughs> fucking idiot. Hey, I have a theory. Yeah. Oh. I'd hear it. Colts lose two days ago. That they is have, correct. They did. They have three losses. Oh. Chiefs, three losses. Texans, three losses. So the Patriots know all this going into Sunday night. Mm. Bill calls a plan. Let's play as terrible as we can. Show Lamar nothing. We don't care if we lose. Oh, my God. So when we see him in the playoffs, we'll be completely different defense. Kyle Van Noy looked pissed on the sideline. The only thing that I just, I mean, I think what you're saying could be true. I mean, let's just not put it past. Mr. Belichick. The New England Patriots and Mr. Belichick. What's the? Whatever you want to call him. Lord Belichick. <laughs> from wherever you're from. Whatever you want to call him. We can't. We This is something we can believe. This is like when stuff comes out about people that is so absurd, but you go, oh, with that person, you could believe mm-hmm. it. And it's more of like a slight at the person than it is. This is like, yeah, this could happen. And it's a compliment to him. Like, yeah, he could do that. But somebody didn't tell Kyle Van Noy that because he was very <laughs> pissed off. He was very pissed on that side. Or very good actor. Oh. Oh my, what if that's a part of the sell? You know how people like fake cramps if they're uh, running tempo yeah. against yeah. them? Oh, yeah. What if Belichick's like, all right, somebody <laughs> act very furious in there too. Act like we're really trying. 37 <laughs> 20, they think we're. <laughs> Mr. Van Noy. People think up. that the Ravens are going to be just 37 20. Like what? I, and then Belichick's like, I'll just do my same press conference afterwards as mm-hmm. I always do. Not that big of a deal. Oh my God, good theory. Ravens showed their hand. Diggs, I like this theory a Thank lot. You. I like wow. this. By the way, the Ravens showing their hand is like you just get a chance to see in real life what Lamar Jackson right, is. Exactly. He's a fucking animal. Yeah. Dude, he is so insanely good. Every one of those athletic traits that you would want to have, he has. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that feel pretty good. Yep. Okay, so some people are very fast, but they're not quick. Uh, check, check. He's got both of them. Some people can run, but they can't really view or see anything. He's got great vision. Some people can do all this, but they don't have a good feel for things. Bang, he's got a good feel for things. And he seems like he can throw whenever he needs to, mm-hmm. which is good. He can make the big throw. Fourth down, they went to his arm, by the way. In a big-time situation, they went to his arm. Up four, fourth quarter, fourth down, they go to his arm to throw it as an out, which is a pretty tough thing to do. I think he and Greg Roman are really learning about each other. And I'll tell you what, he's fun to watch. He is fun to watch. We've said this a lot. I've said this a lot. He's one or two big shots away. But just like T.Y. Hilton has the ability to avoid the big shot, it seems if Lamar also has that ability to avoid the big shot. And if it is going to be a big shot, he's going to deliver the big shot, which is different than just taking it and delivering it. But with these guys that are in the NFL, I mean, Cam Hayward, for instance, look what he did to Quentin Nelson. If he just gets a blindside shot, there's always that opportunity. I guess there's always that chance for every position. But when your quarterback plays the way that Lamar does, you have to expect at some point he's going to take a big shot. We're going to learn a lot about him. I'm excited to learn it. But, man, he is a show. He's lightning in a bottle. He is a joystick of an athlete, and I don't know how you defend it because you can have the perfect defense called, and he just changes field opposite direction. You're fucked out of nowhere. It's very interesting. You have to have like two spies on him almost, I think. I think the thing with like Lamar and the Ravens' offense is, which is super hard to do because they're kind of running like, if you think about it like college, like a triple offense where they never get behind the chains. I feel like they never get behind. Like They're never in third and long. Yeah, you know what wins? <laughs> if they're running the option. 
penetration kills mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. option, right? That's what kills everything. Because if you can't read it and it's getting blown up. So if they face a team with a good up the center up front, that's probably going to hurt them a little bit. But you got to remember the Baltimore Ravens offensive line gets no credit. They're very good. They got Yonda, who Marshall every, Yonda, yeah. every other offensive lineman in the NFL says this guy is the offensive lineman, Yonda. So I think he never gets talked about. I don't know. I'll be intrigued to watch it, though, man, because it's fun to watch. It's like it's like watching a kid who on these college football games is just more athletic than everybody mm-hmm. else. That's exactly what it is, but it's in the NFL. It's like, holy shit, this is like Michael Vick again. The other interesting part of it is Greg Roman was the 49ers coordinator when they had Kaepernick mm-hmm. and came within you know a couple plays of winning a Super Bowl running a similar style that offense. is so real and i would argue lamar is faster quicker yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. has a better feel oh, than yeah. colin now again colin used to be able to stride out and i think colin could throw the ball well whenever he was hot stuff like that but lamar is just so good man so good you know kyler murray kind of has it a little bit too it feels like what lamar has he has his feel and his ability to run and then slide because of how good he is at baseball mm-hmm. is a weapon. He has this ability mm-hmm. to get down and slide very quickly, which is probably going to cause a lot of 15-yard penalties at some point, too, <laughs> oh, yeah. to add it on. But, man, I like I like the way Lamar Jackson plays. Kyler football. Murray reminds me of Russell Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Same More style. so than anyone. Like, they try to compare Trubisky to him and all that stuff. And I think he is the most like Russell Wilson. And maybe that's taken away from Kyler Murray. I shouldn't say that, but whoa, he no, just, no, no. whoa, no, 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 I think it's taken away from Russell Wilson. He's, yeah. real, he's real calm like that. You know what I mean? Like, and he just put that little juke on you, and he's back, and I don't know. He just looks really comfortable. All those interviews he does, he's kind of an interesting dude. You know, mm-hmm. he's like full millennial, I think, where he's like, you know, <laughs> kind of like on his phone, probably very comfortable, but face to face contact, not so much. Because in those interviews, he does not do great, but whenever he speaks, the things that he's saying make sense. So it's like uh, he's not always comfortable in those situations, but you get him on a football. Field, that kid looks very comfortable mm-hmm. and he's got gut sack too i mean he's yeah. gonna go for it like he's gonna throw the ball into places that you're probably like okay only a, full, a few guys would have made that decision to do that like brett farvish almost mm-hmm. like ready to sling it confident in the arm he threw the sidearm no foot plant yeah we saw it on uh no big deal mr versus plant oh, yeah. <laughs> he had great this, great great throwing catch yeah. i mean yeah. it was a great throwing catch and it was like fun to watch that was the first time i really got to watch them play all year because they played on Thursday night, but I was calling that game. Thank you, Shipley, by the way, is playing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm happy for the W white guy. <laughs> He's quick. He is quick. He He's lost quick, like huh? 15 pounds. He's no longer binging and purging the night before weighing. <laughs> I'm He's happy. going level three easily every time. They look pretty good, man. They look pretty yeah, good. I think they're going to end up all right. I think so, too. Larry Fitzgerald just going to sign another $10 million one-year deal. Yeah. <laughs> Larry, you want to play again? You give me another $10 million? Yeah. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> I'll come make incredible plays to be a leader in that locker room for you if you need it. I like them a lot, but I like Lamar. The AFC has been shaking up a little bit here. If Jacoby's not going to be healthy, I mean, Hoyer looks good. Threw a very dumb pick, but he doesn't get to play much, so that's going to happen. You kind of got to get the rust off. He's been around a long time, but actual game reps is a different mm-hmm. animal instead of scout team reps. I think he's good, but Jacoby, I thought, was an all-pro quarterback. I really thought he was. And so did Ballard and everybody. That's why they gave him money. I assume Ballard knows football better than Mm -hmm. I do. He agrees with me, though, so that makes me feel good. But the AFC, you got the Patriots are going to bounce back. The Ravens are a real team now. Colts and Texans are going to battle in the AFC South. Deshaun Watson gives a beautiful Popeyes plug in an interview, a la Peyton Manning. That is genius. Stephon Diggs with the cleats for Popeyes. Popeyes did it right this weekend Mm -hmm. with their marketing, by the way. It was organic, much like a podcast ad read. Ooh, insert ad (laughs) right here. We interrupt this conversation for a reading by Zito. Thank you, Pat. No problem, Zito. 
<clears throat> Most guys have tried different ways to last longer, but thinking about baseball doesn't always work. <laughs> the folks at Roman, an online men's health company, are changing the game with Roman swipes. The secret to longer lasting sex. How? Just from sentence one. There's asterisks. I don't know what the asterisks mean. Dramatic pause. Dramatic pause. Oh, I hit it. Hmm. Oh, you think you nailed it? <laughs> I, it was a like big you think pause. so far into this ad, you're batting a thousand right now. I believe so. Okay, let's keep it going. Hey, we're I don't talking want, baseball. I don't want to talk to you about your perfect game. I heard that's something you're not supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. out there. Um, oh, I forgot where I left off. Oh, oh, and there it goes. There it is. You had a perfect game going. You let me fuck you up. Base hit. Wow. Uh, all right, let's get him the base. Roman swipes a secret to long, longer-lasting sex. Saying the pledge of allegiance in your head, counting backwards from ten. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go to some talking points. <laughs> I think you just let up. You another just give one. up a fucking yeah. dong. No, I did it. <laughs> it was a transition. Yeah, uh, saying transition probably another man on. Bases juice going into the talking points. Roman swipes are a clinically proven way to last longer in bed. Ooh, good strike out there, bub. Thank you. They're effective, easy to use, fast acting, and doctor recommended, but don't require a prescription. Two down. Thank you. Romans can ship swipes to you in discreet, unmarked packaging, and each swipe packet is small enough to hide in your wallet from... Ah, fuck. (laughs) Hold on! (laughs) Grand Salami! So I've been trying to work on my eye... So, like, when I do the speech, because eye contact, right? That's important. Uh, just or do I just look down the whole time? Well, you know how, like, when you run the ladder, they tell you not to look down? Like, have you ever seen the workouts where you're, like, running in a ladder? Yeah. You're always like, keep your head up, keep your head up, but you got to look down. because yeah. you're seeing, There has to be a way. I think that's a feel thing you either have or you don't, you know? Like, yeah. I don't think it's something you work on. Okay, I'll, I'll keep looking down. <laughs> Probably smart. <laughs> Swipes are great. They will not transfer your partner, so you can last long without. Wor- oh, I looked up without oh my worrying. God. Two outs. <laughs> what is it? Four nothing right now. Yeah. yeah. Let's finish off strong, guys. They're super easy to use. Just take the swipes out of the packet, apply, let it dry, and you're good to go. That's it. All right, closing. Choose one. Oh, another one. Uh, There's yeah. two uh, on. Bring two in the closer. Jeez Louise. I'm gonna go with option one. Keep Roman swipes in your back pocket for longer, better sex, and get yours fast with free two-day shipping by visiting GetRoman.com backslash, actually forward slash USA. You gave up six runs. (laughs) (laughs) You had a perfect game going early. And there's one more part. So let's hopefully I can come back right here with the offense. You are not out of the inning yet. (laughs) No. Oh, you say you want to step into the batter's box now? I'm stepping in for the Grand Salami right here, and that's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com forward slash U-S-A. Attaboy, Z. Thanks, guys. Uh, Roman swipes have been transforming people's lives. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. People that we know have sent us testimonials (laughs) that (laughs) their life has changed. And uh, shout out to Roman swipes for helping people put on a show. Don't just have sex. Yeah. Make love. And when you make love, do it for a long, long time with our friends at GetRoman.com forward slash USA. 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 
USA. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Diggs, you idiot. <laughs> Read the room, Diggs. Back to the conversation. Just like we did that. I mean, Stefan Diggs did that with Popeyes. Deshaun Watson did that with Popeyes, and I would assume other guys are going to continue to do the same. But with this, somebody made a shout-out to Taco Bell earlier. Mm-hmm. This is smart. This is very smart. This is good business by both parties, and I'm happy the NFL is leaning towards it. It's only a matter of time, though, before the NFL. Oh, yeah. They're trying to die. Oh, my God. It's only going to last, like, another week or two. If you say a non-NFL partner, <laughs> we will find you whatever you're getting paid for that times two. <laughs> It's like, how can you even say that? That's not a rule. It is now. We just made a clause. You remember what we did to the last CBA? Y'all motherfuckers want to be locked out of this place or not? That's what they'll do for sure. By the way, those sandwiches must have crack in them. Oh, because I love them. The, the videos coming out this weekend oh, of, of those places are absurd. Like, people are fighting at every single one. Yeah. Hey, it's like Jordan releases. Yes. Very smart marketing. I think they have to taste pretty good. I don't know. And I guess do. the Fair bread good. is really, really good. Oh, it's brioche. It's on the melting your mouth. It's brioche? Yeah. Oh, so they're not fun. sparing any change to make no. this a good sandwich. No. Top notch. That's what happened to Subway. Yeah. Subway was so good back in the day. And then there was one on every single corner. They became the number one franchise in America or whatever for a number. Something uh, else happened, too. But before that, though. <laughs> the yoga mats. <laughs> their quality dropped so fast whenever they got so big. Mm-hmm. And then they're obviously the quality of their spokesperson was also very, <laughs> very low for a while as well. A lot of VIP tables. But before that, their food used to be so good. Like when Subway was just starting up, it was awesome. Oh, I'm yeah. a sandwich guy. So going in there and getting like this delicious sandwich with like, they were real sandwich artists back then. They were. Now they're just like the modern artists where they just throw paint at fucking a wall. <laughs> mm-hmm. Paint by numbers They were sandwich aristas. Oh. <laughs> I respect it. I mean, that's not what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Those are, they take care of the coffee, though, right? Yeah, yeah the baristas. The baristas. Yeah, well, they, they give real effort, though, I think, don't yeah. they? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying the Sandra's artists. Oh, back in the day. used to give real art, real effort. Yeah, they really did. Now it's like you're annoying them to make a sandwich. It's like, well, what the fuck do you work at Subway for? Like, yeah, I want one line of mayo. I'm so sorry I asked. I'm sorry I came here. I, you think I would do it myself if I fucking could, but they got this glass window that I can't reach it. So I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. And maybe, you know what? I'll take like 17 to 18 more pieces of lettuce, too, if you can put it on there. I asked for lettuce. You didn't put lettuce on there. Like, uh, uh, they throw it on. I'm like, what the fuck? That's what happens. You know what? I would rather do it myself. I wish they would let you do that. Business Walk in, idea. put some plastic gloves on. To, if you take too much, they smack your wrist or oh, something. Yeah. Um, no soup for you. Use the use the buffet. What's that commercial? Use a cocktail stick. <laughs> Hilarious. You think it just took that long for all the subway employees to finally figure out, like, yeah, there's no real career path. <laughs> Kind of wasting my time. <laughs> Fuck these sandwiches. <laughs> oh, I've worked in a food business, so I'm allowed to judge. You are. I've worked in a sandwich business. Best somewhere. sandwiches in the biz. Yeah, and some said that my sandwiches were almost good enough to be servable. You know what I mean? When I made them, did you actually make them? Oh yeah, I've been on that grill before. I paid respect to that sandwich too. I made it right. I've been making sandwiches a long time though. I used to fry bologna on the grill. Mm. Oh. Some jumbo. Yeah, put bologna on there. Put a little ketchup on there. I wanted to open a peanut butter and jelly uh, restaurant whenever I was a young kid because I thought I could make peanut butter and jellies in so many different ways. Oh, PB and J's. Yeah, I used to make those. I've been a sandwich kid my whole What's life. What's your technique on that? I don't remember. I, I really, I was, I really thought I was onto something. <laughs> <laughs> I would toast. I would toast the bread every time. Oh, you got to. 
I would toast it. And I think I put chips on there one time or Ooh, some other stuff. Yeah. I was making like peanut butter and jellies like three a day. And yeah. I was like, I think I can make a restaurant with this when I was like eight or something. And then I make all the sandwiches, man. I put put chips on my sandwich a long time. So I feel like I, I respected sandwiches enough that whenever I actually had to do it, I was like, I get what we're doing here. I knew I'd put fresh iceberg lettuce on that thing. Shredded, oh. by the way. If you don't have shredded lettuce on a sandwich, by the way, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I am so sick of it. I am so sick of me asking for lettuce at places, and they just give me, what, one half of a fucking romaine head? I don't need that goddamn thing on there. I, come on, dude. Avatar sandwiches today. They were terrible. <laughs> it literally had the whole head of it. They had the whole head of fucking lettuce on there. I'm like, what is this doing? I don't know. Give me some cold shredded lettuce on this thing. Didn't order a salad with bread. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> just put a little cold shredded lettuce on there. One light, one line of light mayo. Mm. Onions too, oh, Italian meats, oh, provolone cheese, mm. oh, toasted bread, oh. I like my mustard be a smiley face. Well, you don't put mustard on that sandwich, but <laughs> I, I get mustard. on your sandwich that yeah. you would put. You would decorate it. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Sometimes a winky face. Happy Z. Happy Z. <laughs> <laughs> and then if he puts a sad face on, I <laughs> uh, would think the chef's gonna kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Nick and I live next to a peanut butter and jelly restaurant. Oh, really? Didn't last long. Yeah, it's tough. Not a lot of options. Not a lot of people. <laughs> you know, it was a little overpriced. It was, it was a little like overpriced. Like $7 or $8 for a PB&J sandwich. It's like, maybe we knock that down a little bit. That's like Panera Bread. Yeah, Panera rock. Bread has like $7 or $8 PB&J. My brother, you know, Jay used to work at Panera. Really? Jay worked at Panera for like four or five years. Here's your, here's your sandwich. <laughs> no, I think he worked. <laughs> I, think, I think they put him in places where he didn't have to interact. I think he was collecting a lot of buzzers or whatever this. <laughs> I think he's still one of the funniest stories when he worked at FedEx, got hit by the car, and held on to the package the whole time and, then the and person, delivered it. And yeah, delivered it, goes back, and then the person that ran into him sues him. Yeah. <laughs> Good ball security. Jay's like, great ball security. Jay's walking in the crosswalk, trying to deliver something, gets smashed by a car, goes up onto the hood, onto the windshield, bounces onto the ground, bounces off, stands up, looks at her, goes, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm okay. She's like, you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. She drives off, he delivers, just goes about his day, forgets about it. Classic. <laughs> forgets that it even happens. And then a fucking couple weeks later, he's getting sued for damages to the lady's car. Jeez. Jay. He's like, ah, I'm getting sued. I'm like, for what? He's like, I got hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? He told that story to me and Zito in the car in Pittsburgh once so casually, and we were like, hold on, hold on. Yeah, because technically that lady did a hit and run. Yeah. Technically that lady left the scene of a crime where she crashed into somebody. <laughs> Jay should have sued her, but instead Jay had to go through like full chiropractor because his <laughs> shit's already broke anyways, and it was all... Oh, I mean, think he had to stand up to drive. Uh, I think he had to stand up to drive in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> To sit down and that lady sues him. <laughs> That's Jason Mack. Uh, yeah, we're at Donner and Marino's restaurant, and he was like, "Yeah, heaven right there." We're like, "What?" He's <laughs> so casually. He's a classic dude, man. Makes what? bangers of beats, though. Oh yeah, it we're, gonna, we're gonna end the show with one of Jay's beats. Independent artist Jason McAfee. Don't I? I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. Jay in the house, y'all. It's a Jay Mac joint. I don't mind that. I don't mind Jay Mac. Nick was trying to brand him with a terrible name. What do you mean? What name? Uh, oh. DJ Jizzy J Mac. Oh. Yeah, I was like, come on, don't ruin the guy. Splooge is all over the beat. It's great. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Great show today. Conversation with Joe Buck. You have a man that sounds damn good. 
Whenever this guy calls a game, I'm always intrigued. It doesn't matter if it's baseball. It doesn't matter if it's football. This dude could call a tennis match, and I'd love it. This dude could call a checkers game, and I'd be enthralled. Very talented, very smooth, living legend joining us, Joe Buck. Hey, Joe. Hey, how are we today? I'm great. How are you? You had a day off yesterday. What did you do? I assume you just watch all the other games and commentating them at home by yourself. Yeah, yeah. Driving my wife out of the uh, room, back, uh, back into the bedroom. Uh, no, I, I didn't. I, I watched some, uh, but I've got year and a half old twins, so I was. Mm. Yeah, I'm 50 with year and a half old twins and 23 and 20 year old daughters. So I was in and out of the room, up and down, uh, shifting between the Chargers and the Packers and different versions of Baby Shark. Okay, well, your daddy, yeah, incredible daddy shark operation. I would assume all of your children know that their dad's a legend, though, so it has to pay off, even though you work your ass off. So the wife or the lady, the mom probably enjoyed the fact that you were home. Let's talk about what you saw, though, in football yesterday. And you're a man who's been around the biggest moments in most sports. I mean, that's just fact. You call World Series, you call Super Bowls, you're everywhere at all times. How come it feels like sometimes teams just lay an egg? Yesterday seemed like a day where a lot of teams just laid an egg. Is this something that's expected, or is this a more telling thing, Joe? I don't know. I I, I feel like, yeah, it's a little different than it used to be. I feel like when you used to go into weekends, you knew that uh, a certain team was going to win. And and even if they didn't win, it was going to be competitive. And there are some games where it's just like a team doesn't show up um you know we we get some of those on thursday nights i I think sometimes that's a a turnaround you would know better than me but i i think you know it's it's a lot for these guys to handle uh and then they get the benefit of of extra time on the back end of it but you just wonder you know sometimes the biorhythms of these teams it just seems to come and go and the fact that the the jets go to miami and the dolphins put up 26 points uh on the jets is shocking and uh you know if if you're a jets fan today you got to be wondering where is this team headed and how do i get excited about it because miami you know, anybody that, that had a pulse was being traded out of there, and, uh, you know, they put up 26. That's not a good day. Congrats to the Bengals, by the way, in the driver's seat for the number one pick. It's got to feel good in Cincinnati when that's what you're shooting for this year. Uh, yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's hard. And, and I, I don't know. You know, I said this the other night on Thursday Night Football. I, I'm a huge hockey fan and a Blues fan, and the Blues were doing this, I don't know, 15 years ago, whenever it was, when they traded Chris Pronger because they didn't want to, they didn't want to pay him. They were going through a big shift, and and it wasn't so much about draft picks as much as it was about not paying a star. And the team uh, changed ownership, and then the minute you get a different feel, well, you feel like you want to go back and undo a lot of that stuff. In the case of the Blues, then you need a, a stay-at-home, big, tough defenseman, and you had him, and now he's gone. And if you're the Dolphins. How about a left tackle? Okay, well we had him, but we traded him, and and it's it's it seems like it's a never-ending cycle that some teams just they want to they want to play that bet and they never get back to where they were. They're banking on the draft, and I, I think the draft is 
you know, pretty much a crapshoot at this point. I think so, too. You see just as many first-round picks dominate as it almost feels like you see them kind of fizzle out after a couple of years. It's just the way the game is, especially with injury possibilities and the adapting to a professional lifestyle as opposed to an amateur lifestyle, even though that might be changing here. You're 100% right. I'm all about building through veterans and through the draft, but I think tanking is just a tough look, even if it does pay off. If this ends up paying off, though, for the Dolphins or Bengals, you're going to see other owners go, oh, you know, maybe we should think about it. I mean, the Colts, we stunk, and we got Andrew Luck, which kind of kept our franchise afloat there. You're going to see owners potentially go, oh, maybe we give it a shot if we're at the bottom of that thing. Do you think that's the case, or do you think every owner is going to see this and be like, that's not what our sport's all about? I, th- I hope it's the latter because, uh, you know, for every Andrew Luck, there was RG3 right behind him. And, yep. you know, he, he had the, the good first year, and then it, for whatever and obviously the knee injuries didn't help, but, you know, he, he wasn't what everybody thought he was going to be. And, you know, you go back for the Colts the previous time, and it was either Lee for Manning, Lee for Manning, and Manning ended up being the tremendous player, and Leaf was finished, you know, hours later. So it's just you don't know. And, and I think it, it buys general managers extra time. It buys head coaches extra time. Because you keep saying, well, just stick with us. Work for the Cubs in baseball. Uh, You know, every once in a while, these things work out. But for the most part, uh, it it can be death to a franchise, too. If if you whiff on the draft, you can get all these picks you want. But then it's a question of, you know, who's making the picks and uh, who's doing the scouting and and are those guys any really good, really any good. And if they're not, then you're, you're, you know, double that off. You're 100% right. Let's pivot a little bit to your career. Joe, I have a question. Why do you hate my team? (laughs) (laughs) It is the number one question in October in my life. And, uh, yeah, everywhere I go, you know, when I – just this last October, for an example, I'm sitting there in Houston, fans in front of me or, you know, within literal reach of me. And, you know, for the most part, people are nice. But every once in a while, you get a guy walking, going, you hate the Astros, you suck, you want the Yankees to win. And then you go to New York uh, during the same series, and the guy's behind the plate with a Joe Buck sucks t-shirt because he thinks that I'm rooting for the Astros. Uh, it's a pretty easy phenomenon, and uh, I could be some on this, but all year long, when fans are listening to their hometown announcers do games, and I used to do it for St. Louis. You don't even really talk about the other team, let alone get excited when they hit a home run. But when you show up as the national guy, you have to get excited for both teams, and then both fan bases think you're rooting for the other side. So you just can't win. You can't play the game. And, you, and I know this. Whenever I'm done, uh, they'll be saying the same thing about the next person in that position. My dad used to get it. And Scully used to get it, but it took a, a like a letter with a stamp, which kids don't even know how to do anymore. <laughs> and uh, now it takes 140 characters, and you know you can find out how much you suck if you wade through the internet. Joe, I, I think you're like the Patriots, though, right? Everybody will be mad at you because they think you hate your that you hate them. It, just like the Patriots, everybody hated them, hated them, hated them. And then at some point here, I think relatively soon, just like what has happened to the Patriots, everybody just has the utmost respect for it. It's like you know what, Joe Buck has been crushing it for forty years. It feels like every big time event is better with his voice on it. Right. I think you just have to get to that. Let you're you're like probably five years away from that happening. So I'm sorry you have to deal with that on a daily basis. But I think you can say if we can make that deal right now, and if in five years. Uh, in 
whatever, 2024, November 2024, uh, it's over with, that's fine. If it's not, it doesn't really matter. I don't give a hell anymore about it. I'm, I'm sick of it. I've been dealing with it since I was like 23, and I get it. I understand it. I, as I said, I'm a Blues fan. So when the Blues made this run to the Stanley Cup, I was with the local guys that I hear all year long, John Kelly and Darren Pang, to do the game because they have a rooting interest along my same lines. And, and when the national guys show up, as great as they are, it's like, yeah, okay, I know it sounds like you're rooting for the other team. I know in my core you're not because you don't care, but it just it doesn't sound like my guy's doing it. I get it. It doesn't, it doesn't really bother me that much. Hey, you and Troy are my guys if it means anything. I love listening to you guys call a game. Troy and you have this beautiful chemistry and this perfect amount of knowledge and also a little bit of fun. And you guys will get salty, too, if something needs to be called out, which I appreciate and respect. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, too. Well, thank you. A lot of a, a lot of stuff is needed to be called out this year. I think with regard to the officiating and whatnot. I I hope that you know we've got a Super Bowl coming up in Miami, and you just hope that coming out of that, it's a conversation about who won and who lost, not why somebody got ripped off by a call. And I, I just think every year. It's the biggest part of our job is understanding the rules. And if we don't understand it, we have Mike, I have Mike Pereira, two bodies to my right on the other side of Troy, and he's the ultimate catch-all. And it's just become so confusing that I think the average fan is looking at it like uh, it just some of these things don't pass the vision or the smell test. And that's the tough thing. They made it infinitely more difficult on these officials to do these games, and in this day and age, there just doesn't seem to be a lot of uh, patience for a mistake. So I, I'm hopeful, and and maybe by the end of the year, this this will have cleared up a little bit. But it seems like every Monday you come out of of a weekend of football, and something else happened where they blew a play dead, and it, it should have been a fumbled return for a touchdown, and whatever it might be, or a phantom call. It's it's unfortunate. They're aware of it, and uh, you know I, I think they're trying to get a better handle on it. Do you get a call from the league? Because I would assume the networks don't want you calling things out with the league because they have to deal with negotiations business-wise with the NFL. But I think at this point, you and Troy are voices of the game, voices of the league. Do you feel obligated to call things out and like make sure people understand, like, yeah, Joe's seeing the same things we are? And a follow-up to that is, do you get calls from people that aren't happy with the stuff that you guys say during games? Um, it's a great question. I can honestly say that I've been doing this professionally since I was 21, and I've never had a league uh, call with any complaint of anything that I've said. And I think, as you said, you know, you are seeing the same thing the fans are seeing. And if you're going to uh, hide the truth or not be honest about what your opinion is, to me, Troy Aikman's won three Super Bowls. He's earned his opinion. He's He's been out there. He's given the blood, sweat, and tears. He knows what it takes to win. Uh, he's taken a, a million hits at quarterback, and, and sometimes some of these you know hand slaps on the top of the helmet drive him crazy. But we understand the rules, and it, you, you, can, you can not love the rule, whatever it may be, uh, and still accept the call because that's just the way they want it called. And that, I think that's been a major shift 
in the way he thinks and the way I think consequently. But, uh, but you can also understand the rule and then not agree with the way that they interpreted the rule or called it in that instance. That's why pass interference is such a, such a subjective call that I, I think you have to be honest. And if you don't have your honesty, uh, then I, I, I think you're asking people to believe you some of the time. And, mm. and I think you have to, you have to be consistent. And, and if you feel it, say it, you can't be idiotic and just, you know, I, I think eventually fans don't want to hear that over and over and over. You have to, you have to have a balance, but I think you have to be honest with what you're seeing and, and then just not continually bang the drum and go back to it. Yeah, because you could lose credibility if you're not speaking for the fan when every other time you are. I think you, yeah. and, you and Troy balance it beautifully. Uh, last question here before we go, and I can't thank you enough for your time. You've gotten sure. a chance to call everything. You've won like 7,000 Emmys. Uh, you're a guy, you and Troy are people that I look up to whenever I get a chance to get in the booth. I watch your games. I try to learn as much. What's the most awesome moment of your career? Mm. Well, with regard to, to football, we can keep it with that. I think the 2007 Super Bowl, the Giants and the Patriots, with the Patriots going for a perfect season, the Giants, and that was Eli Manning's postseason coming out party, and, and watching that game unfold and then going back and forth, back and forth in the fourth quarter, and kind of getting through that game, knowing it was unbelievable uh, with with the way it ended, uh, and and getting in the car after that game and feeling like you you did well, you didn't blow it, you were a part of something that was was big. Uh, it's it's a weird feeling, and I know you got to go, but it's a weird feeling oh. when you're doing a game for 115 million people. And, you know, all you feel like is, God, I hope I don't make a mistake, which is a terrible way to do anything. <laughs> and, and when you get through it and you feel like, you know what, we, we did that game justice and we did it as best we could, it's such, it's such a satisfying feeling. And those moments are few. Uh, but that, that's the one that I look back on. And then as far as one singular moment, the Stefan Diggs walk-off touchdown a couple of years ago in the playoffs was breathtaking and to to see a guy not hop out of bounds automatically turn around and run to the end zone untouched and the game ended and it flipped in an instant uh you know the walk-off touchdown in football is something that you just you, you don't get enough of and when you when you get that you gotta enjoy it i'd say we don't get enough of you brother even though you're all over the place the voice of the minneapolis miracle the voice of the helmet catch by tyree the voice of world <laughs> series golf football you name it ladies and gentlemen um i'm so thankful you joined us mr joe thanks, buck thank yeah. you man thank you thanks so much thanks pat appreciate it cheers man he's so all good right. consummate professional he literally is so good all right that's it for us shout out to joe buck for joining such an interesting man I guess it's very easy to hate him, though, right? Because he's forced on everybody's televisions. And whenever your diehard team is playing and he has to call it an actual fact against your team and it doesn't make you happy, the easiest thing is to be like, oh, I hate that guy. He's so fucking good at what he does, though. I'm so thankful he called in, to be honest with you. He wanted to stay longer, by the way. Yeah. I know you got to go. We actually did have to go. We had a break and then another week. We pushed a break. I was so happy to be talking about it. He is a legend in the booth. He's real.
He's good. Like that's why people get mad. It's because he's real. The same people get mad at Collinsworth because he's real too. Same people get mad at me. By the way, also I do maybe just grow the fuck up. Yeah, like, what are you like sixteen? Like hey, oh this guy said something bad about my team. I want to fight him. I hate this guy. <laughs> grow the fuck up. He's Joe Buck, dude. Yeah, he's doing his job. Joe Buck is everywhere. Though. Joe Buck, give no fuck. I think so. That's what he said. Joe Buck in the club, but uh, if you buck. Uh, <laughs> there's a rap song in there we should make. Oh, yeah. Buck, buck give no fuck. Buck, buck give no fuck. fuck. Yeah, we could probably make something in there. Oh, yeah. Don't try your luck. Oh, oh shit. You might no get trucked. Joe <laughs> Buck, don't give a fuck. Yeah, we could probably get it in there somewhere. There's enough ox. Oh, there. yeah. Plenty. He'll make you retire like luck. Acting oh. like a schmuck. Acting like a schmuck. Sailors retire like a luck. Get hit by a truck. Hey. By Joe fucking Buck. Uh. Yeah, Lur should start duck. Oh. oh. Steven after Mason Rudolph's big win. Yeah. Wow. Well, you just wanted to add to the run. Don't call him the Lurs. Don't do that. Yeah, why are people doing that? That seems to be a new thing by Pittsburgh people. No, I've been my whole life. Fake <laughs> uh, Penguins fans first wouldn't get it, but... Oh, shit. Oh. if you buck. <laughs> I mean, I respect the organization. If you're going to be a fan of them, use the full name. I, no, I have been seeing lures on the internet a lot. Yeah, it's the worst. I don't think I've ever heard it, by the way. A dire lures. Uh, the lazier users use it. Tim McAfee, I feel like pretty diehard Steelers fan there. He used to break televisions and shit watching. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen it. He's probably a Stillers guy. Yeah, Stillers yeah. through and through. Lur, though, a lot of people were like, Pat, what gives? Lur's won. Because <laughs> I was like heartbroken over Vinatieri. Like, what gives, dude? Hometown Lur's. Yeah, I mean, come on. I needed, one, I needed one syllable for the song. Yeah. Yeah, you did it. well, by the way. Yeah. yeah. I think, by the way, I think our song's ready to go. Oh, yeah, for sure. I can hear the beat in my head already. Oh, Jay. 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 Jay, clip this, Jay. Jay. Jay's home. Jay's home. <laughs> Jay created one of the greatest graphics I've ever seen. Yeah, though. he's probably still here making that. It was awesome. It's in the YouTube documentary that Foxy released this morning. By the way, congrats to Foxy on another doc. Hey, good job, Fox. Good week. Attaboy. What week are you, what week are you on? Nine? Number eight. No idea. What? Ocho. Wow, you're almost done. Ocho. Eight's down, right? Nine is this. Yeah, this, this is, is nine. Correct. Good for us, dude. Thank you all so much for listening. You're the absolute best. Tell your friends to listen to the show. That'd be very nice of you. Or don't, man. You know, it's kind of up to you. Tweet us at Pat McAfee Show at Boston Connor spelled interestingly. Mm. Good luck. Boston C O N N R. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Way it's getting it. smoother. Well, it didn't change. Yeah, but it sounds smoother. Take it from me. You're allowed, <laughs> <laughs> you're allowed to change your Twitter handle. Oh, hey, I know. Yeah. Diggs, Diggs had a couple moves here. I really change at Tone Diggs with a Z. Lars Diggs. <laughs> <laughs> that won't be it. Here we go. Digslers. <laughs> Here we go. It's got a ring to it. Digslers <laughs> going to the Super Bowl. Here we go. Car power. <laughs> at Nick Morano, at Tom McComas, at Ty Schmidt, at Viva Lazito, at Evan Foxy. We appreciate the hell out of you. Ty Schmidt, play some Jason McAfee. <laughs>